Good morning. We've been in this series through this Christmas season, Advent season. Today, of course, is the fourth Sunday of Advent that we're calling Christmas Playlist. And each week, we've used a carol to kind of jump off into the sermon. So the first week was O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And we looked at the prophetic imagination the Messiah was coming. The next week, Pastor Tyler preached a great sermon on, on Mary, Did You Know?, And the idea there was, he looked at Luke chapter 1, the Magnificant, or Mary's song. And the idea was that God is in our waiting, that we can trust God Almighty. Last week was Hark the Herald Angels Sing, the great Charles Wesley song. And we talked about how how we don't become angels when we die, but we talked how we can be angel-like here. Angel-like in our worship of God Almighty. And angel-like in pointing people to Jesus. And now today... On the fourth Sunday of Advent, which is the Sunday of love, we're talking about the carol is joy to the world. You know, I guess if I were to say, our world, of course, has many needs all around. We have a lot of needs. But maybe what our world needs most is joy. Hope and joy. I mean, deep down, deep in your bones, joy. You know, we used to sing, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Did none of you go to Sunday school? You're supposed to say where when I say that. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. You're supposed to say where. No. <laughs> it is 9.52. You should be awake by now. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Yeah. Down in my heart. Yeah. Nah, that's it. Because that's what, All right, if I have a goal, here's a spoiler alert. If, if I had a goal for this sermon, this day, it's for you. No matter where you're at, no matter what you've experienced in life, no matter what your, your, your situation may happen to be, that you would experience the joy of Jesus Christ deep down in your heart, deep in your bones. That you would know that there is a God that loves you and cares for you. And in spite of your circumstance, no matter what you're going through, that you can trust him. That you can have a joy in your heart. This isn't... Um, I'm not advocating just a, a, a simple happiness. This isn't a, a, a pain a smile on your face and a toothy grin sort of, sort of a sermon. I'm not preaching that. And I'm not saying that we need to ignore our sufferings or our pain or our sorrows or our grief and just kind of uh, uh, just wish it away when we're actually going through some pretty deep and heavy things. I'm saying that in the midst of those deep and heavy things, when everything seems to be crashing around us, we can still experience the joy of Jesus deep in our heart. It's something that, I don't know, it's unexplainable almost. It's inexpressible, the Bible says. A joy that that delivers us and is with us even when we're going through the deepest struggles and the darkest times. And your friends say, how can you do that? How can you make it through there? And, and you may not even be able to verbalize it. But you know, there's something deep within you that's giving you the joy. That's what we're talking about today. Of course, this is the fourth Sunday of Advent, so where do we begin? I, we're going to do, this is how we're going to do it. How do we get the joy of Jesus? We're going we're gonna to go on a scavenger hunt. Now, you don't have to go to your neighbors and ask for a cup of joy. And you don't have to go back to the photo booth and, you know, find the most joyful person with you. We're going to do a scavenger hunt 
through the Bible. And so if you brought your Bible, people used to bring these with them to church. If you brought your Bible, we're going to to go through it, or you can even use your phone, we're going to go through it. I'm going to give you several scripture passages today. And where do we begin? Of course, fourth Sunday of Advent, we begin in Luke chapter 2 with the angels. In Luke chapter 2, it says this, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, the, the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause, what? Great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah and the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Great joy. There's five shopping days left till Christmas. And and this week, uh, many of you will be gathering with some family and friends. And there'll be feasts and there'll be presents. And they'll open them. And some of those family don't even know Jesus, don't even acknowledge Jesus, may not, may not have any, but they'll, they'll receive the gifts with great joy and they'll accept them with great joy. And, and we know this, that Jesus is the greatest gift. And the reason we're, we're giving out gifts is because it reminds us that Jesus is the greatest gift. And as the greatest gift, what does that mean? That means that he came and said that he might, you might, we might have love and have it more abundantly. He came so that whosoever believeth in him might not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus is the greatest gift. And so even when they don't acknowledge it, but they're receiving those gifts with thanks, we know, we know, we know deep in our heart, we know why we're doing it. It's Jesus. He's the greatest gift. The good news, the joy, here it is. This joy, joy to the world, this joy is in discovering just who Jesus is. Do you remember the the parable that Jesus told? It's just a one-verse parable in Matthew chapter 13. He said this, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When the man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Discovering Jesus brings the greatest joy. It's that joy, 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 joy down in our heart. Where? Down in our heart. I had to say it because I knew you were slow today do you remember do you remember the story of Paul and Silas in Acts 16 Paul and Silas are thrown in jail for the great terrible crime of of uh, casting a demon out of a girl and so they cast this demon out of a girl and for that crime they're beaten and tossed in prison and you've heard enough sermons on this you probably remember the story it's midnight and what are Paul and Silas doing at midnight the Bible says they're singing praises to the Lord they're in jail they've been beaten and at midnight they're singing praises maybe Paul's saying I got the joy 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 down in my heart and Silas says where and he says you know down in my heart maybe I don't I don't know what song at midnight I'd be singing something like you know nobody knows the trouble I've been but they're singing praises to the Lord and no doubt they're praying and probably a legitimate prayer when they're praying is is for God to deliver them God, this has been a really rough day. All we did, all we did was chase a demon out of this girl. It's been a, and, and for our trouble, we're in jail. We've been beaten. God, it'd be, a great, it'd be great if you could just, you know, get us out of here. And then you know the story, rumble, 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 earthquake, doors open, chains come off, bad engineering, and, and they're free. And, and, and instead of leaving, Let's see, that's sort of been my first thing. Praise the Lord. God just answered my prayer. I've been praying that he would release me. An earthquake came. Doors opened. Chains gone. I'm out of here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But that's not what Paul and Silas do. Instead of leaving, well, this is what Acts 16 says. 
when the jailer woke up. And when he saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't kill yourself. We're all here. Wait a minute, they shouldn't be there. Why are they all there? The doors are open, the chains are gone. They're all there because Paul knew something. He no doubt had had some encounters with this jailer, right? He knew the, the consequences of this jailer, what would happen to him. And he knew that there was something far greater than even his escaping prison, far greater than tending to the wounds that he had received that afternoon. What was far greater was that jailer. So the jailer is about to commit suicide. Paul says, hey, don't do it. And to make a long story short, Paul and Silas led that jailer to the Lord. And if you look down just a few more verses, verse 34, the jailer brought them to his house, which I don't think the Department of Corrections would have approved of, by the way. The jailer brought him to his house, set a meal before him, and listen to this, he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. That jailer went from suicide thoughts to joy. Can that happen? Can that happen today? I think it can happen today. I think Jesus can deliver us. I think he can give us hope. I think when we are struggling with the meaning of life and our purpose of life and saying, God, I don't even know why I'm on this old planet. I believe when we discover Jesus deep in our bones, deep in our soul, that Jesus can come and give us that purpose and that hope that we couldn't find elsewhere. That's what happened with this Roman jailer. He was filled with joy, he and his entire household. When we discover Jesus, there's a joy deep in our soul. But here's the good news. It's not just, it's not just that. It's not just our joy. Do you remember Jesus' story? It's his most familiar story in Luke 15 of the shepherd who lost his one sheep. He had 100 sheep. One of them got away. And you remember what he did. He goes looking for that one lost sheep. And what happens in Luke 15 in Jesus' story? When he finds it, when the shepherd finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulder. He joyfully, who's the shepherd? The shepherd in the story is Jesus. When you come back to Jesus, when you discover Jesus deep in your bones, when you have an experience with Jesus Christ, not only are you joyful, but the story is that Jesus is also joy. Jesus rejoices over you. When you look in the mirror, I want you to know Jesus rejoices over you. When you've come back to him, Jesus rejoices over you. Not only that, Jesus goes on to say, and then he puts his, the sheep on his shoulders and he goes home and he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, Jesus said, that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one who repents and over the 99 righteous persons who don't need to repent. All of heaven rejoices. When you discover Jesus, not only do you rejoice, Yahoo, I've got hope and I've got life. Jesus rejoices over you and you cause a party in heaven, all of heaven, ticker tape parade, Yahoo! There is joy in discovering Jesus. Not only that, there is joy. Not only is there joy in discovering Jesus, but as we go continue on in our little scavenger hunt, there is joy when we discover the power of Jesus and the, and the, 
inexpressible joy of Jesus. First Peter says this, this is the experience of it. He says, though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you don't see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. I've never seen Jesus. I've seen pictures of Jesus. I don't think the pictures of Jesus probably are what Jesus really looks like. I'll be honest with you. I've seen some pictures of Jesus that make him out to be like Thor. I don't think he's like Thor. I don't, I don't, I don't know what Jesus looks like. I, but I know this. Jesus gives an inexpressible joy. When we have him deep in our bones, we can have that. And we can know the power of Jesus. There is a power in the name of Jesus. We used to sing a song, power, power, wonder-working power. We still believe that. There is power in the name of Jesus. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus sends out 72 uh, people, uh, 36 teams of two, two by two, and he tells them, listen, the, the, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few, we need you to go out, tell everyone what you've seen and heard. And these 36 teams go out and they tell people about Jesus, they tell people what they've seen, what they've heard, and then they return. And what they ret- when they return, they tell Jesus, they give a report of what had happened while they've been out. And this is what they say. They said, the 72 returned, and with joy, there it is again, they said, Lord, even the demons submit to your name. There is power in the name of Jesus that, that even demons flew. We, we were starting to preach your good news and even the demons shuddered at that. There is power in the name of Jesus. We see it in Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 8, Philip is, is in Samaria. Now, if you know your, your New Testament, you know that the, the Jews didn't like the Samaritans and there was always some conflict with the Samaritans and they'd rather go around Samaria than through Samaria. And you know, Jesus doesn't care where you're from. Of course, Jesus doesn't care where you're from. You can be on the other side of the tracks. He doesn't care about that. Jesus loves everybody, right? And so Philip is in Samaria. And what's happening in Samaria? I mean, revival is happening in Samaria. Demons are being chased out. And Philip is healing people left and right. And it's awesome. And this is how it concludes. That whole part concludes with these words in verse 8. Acts 8, verse 8 says this. So there was great joy in the city. Nearly every Sunday we pray around here that God's kingdom would come and his will would be done in Flint as it is in heaven, in Genesee County as it is in heaven. Man, I want great joy in our city, don't you? Don't you want to drive down, I don't know, pick a road? Flushing, Pearson, Martin Luther King, Saginaw, And instead of seeing hopelessness, you see joy. Instead of seeing desperation, you see joy. Instead of seeing seeing people in distress, you see joy. Pastor, that can't happen. Well, it happened in Samaria. It happened in a place where the Jews would rather go around than through. It happened in a place that they said God's left them. And yet Philip went and was sharing the good news and people were coming to know Jesus and there was great joy in the city. Don't you want that for our city, for our county? Oh, I want that so much. Jesus brings joy. When we discover Jesus, there's joy. When we experience, when, when we experience him, there is power. There is power in the name of Jesus. Joy 
Oh, we've talked about this recently through our Imagine Initiative. Joy triumphs poverty. I, I read, this should be so fresh in your minds because we talked about it in the Imagine uh, Initiative so much. In 2 Corinthians 8, he t- Paul talks about, about a group of churches in Macedonia. And by the way, here's a commercial, January 9th, we're going to have our Imagine uh, Celebration Sunday and we're going to talk, some people are still, they've been still uh, giving in their, their pledge cards and we're, so we're still tallying the total of where we need to be and you know we're going to pay off our debt so we can invest more in mission and we're going to spruce up the nurseries and some of those areas and build some playgrounds and stuff in, in what is the ball field and it's, 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 it's coming along. I can't, I can't tell you the total because I told you I wouldn't tell you until January 9th. I need about, if I had 15 or 20 more committed people, we'd get to our goal. We're, 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 we're this close. But I can't tell you. That's just a teaser. January 9th. It's going to be a great Sunday. Anyway. So part of that series, we talked about the Macedonian churches in 2 Corinthians 8. And listen to this. In the midst of their severe trial... Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up rich generosity. You are not supposed to have overflowing joy and rich generosity if you're in severe trial and extreme poverty. Those two things don't go together. But it did. How can you have joy in severe trial and extreme poverty? How in the world can you experience joy there? Why? Because the joy of Jesus triumphs all of those things. The joy of Jesus triumphs our circumstance. The joy of Jesus triumphs those problems that we're going. That's what James said in James chapter one. You remember these words. Oh my land, can you consider this? He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face, what? Whenever you face trials of many kinds, pure joy in trials. Yahoo, gas prices are going up. Yippee! I've got cancer! Is that what he's saying? No. Of course not. He, he's, he's not saying that we deny our reality. He's not saying that we gloss over those struggles that we're facing. One, one Bible, Bible uh, scholar said that that word consider should be uh, think forward. Maybe it's even just remember, think backward. It's consider. Consider the one who, like David used to say, consider, you you know, I fought the lion and the bear and surely my God will help me face this giant too. Consider it pure joy. It's knowing the outcome. It's knowing where this is all headed. It's knowing that Jesus wins. It's knowing no matter what life can throw at me, I know I trust in the King of kings and the Lord of lords who is making all things new. It's knowing that I can trust God in all circumstances. It doesn't mean that trials don't come. Of course they come. Consider it pure joy. How can it be pure joy? It's only pure joy because of Jesus and I know where Jesus is leading and where Jesus is heading. See, there's joy in discovering Jesus. There's joy in understanding the power of Jesus. There's joy that triumphs severe poverty. There's joy that triumphs no matter what comes our way, wins the day, if you will. There's joy in our greatest foe. What's our greatest foe? Death, of course. Remember the resurrection stories. Remember when 
when uh, Jesus was raised from the dead and the disciples finally discover that Jesus is raised from the dead. In Luke chapter 24, in the last chapter, the last words of that, of that book, uh, Jesus raised from the dead and the disciples discover, and this is how Luke concludes. He says, then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Jesus tried to tell the disciples what was coming. And, and he said this in, in chapter 15 of John, I have told you this so that you might have joy and that your joy might be complete. And if you flip the page, same conversation, same evening, Jesus said this, very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. He's talking about his death. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child, uh, giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that the child is born into the world. So with you. Now it's your time to grieve. Again, death, his death is coming within that next 24 hours. But I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one can take away your joy in that day. You will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name until now you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Joy, complete joy. That's what Jesus is offering. A joy that conquers even death. That's what Jesus is saying. Complete joy. Paul describes it this way in Romans 14. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. It's not about our appetites. But a matter of righteousness, peace, and what? Joy in the Holy Spirit. It's a new way of thinking. If you flip the page, it's not just a new way of thinking, it's a new way of living. Paul says this in verse 13 of chapter 15. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that, this is the important part, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Who are we to over, we're to over, we're to overflow in the workplace. We're to overflow in our, in our schools. We're to overflow in our neighborhoods and with our families. The joy of hope and, and love is to overflow onto the people we come in contact with. We're not, just us, we're not just here, just Jesus and me on the road to heaven. No, it's Jesus and me and as many people as I can get to come with me. That's why I invited Savannah this morning to come to, 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 to the Christmas Eve service. That's why I've been inviting Ebony every single week. I want them to experience the joy of Jesus. I want my love to overflow on them. That's what he's talking about here. So there's joy in discovering Jesus. There's joy when we realize the power of Jesus. There's joy that overcomes even poverty. There's joy that overcomes and triumphs any situation. There's joy even through death. This is a new way of thinking, this joyful thinking and a new way of living. We got time, one more past. Philemon chapter one. There's more to it. There's joy. There's a joy that comes when we see others using their gifts for Jesus. Paul and Philemon, if you are using your Bible, you get to Hebrews, you've gone too far, you got to Titus, go a couple more pages. Philemon is only one page in your Bible, but Paul says this. He says, your love, Philemon, he's talking to his friend Philemon, your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. When we witness for Jesus, when we're doing things for Jesus, when we're serving Jesus, that is an encouragement. It helps one another. That helps all of us. 
Paul says the same thing to his friends in Thessalonica. He writes this. He says, for what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in, in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Paul said, you know what I'm going to brag to Jesus about? When I see Jesus, you know the one thing I'm going to brag about? He says this, is it not you? Indeed, you. You are our great glory and joy. Can I tell you as a pastor, what, what gives me great joy? It's when Gwen Cousins takes a bunch of presents over to to Dylan to hand out this week. That brings me great joy. It's when some of you this past winter were standing out in the cold, in the rain, and the snow and giving out groceries every single week. That brings me great joy. It's when we as a church wiped out, what, $9.2 million of delinquent debt for 7,200 families. That gives me tremendous joy. It's when I'm seeing you using your gifts and talents for the glory of God. That's what brings us joy. That's what... Listen, if this is your first Sunday here, if you're joining us online, you've never even been in our building, ah, I'm super biased. But we've got some great people in this church who are serving Jesus, who are doing great things, and that brings great joy. That's what this is saying. I don't know, maybe it's because of where I'm at in life and where my kids are at in life. But 3 John 4 says this, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. My boys are going to be here this week. They're both coming. They live five miles apart, but they're both driving separate from Kansas to here. Well, Ben has to stop at his in-laws. I get There's reasons, but it seems crazy to me. But they're both going to be here Thursday. They're going to be in the service Christmas Eve. And I'm so thankful for them. And Alex and Ben, they both love Jesus and their wives both love Jesus and I'm thankful for that. But some of you, I know, some of you, you're not, your kids aren't there. And you read a verse like that and you say, yeah, I wish. That is my prayer. I would have no greater joy than to see that my kids, my grandkids are all following after Jesus, walking in the truth. So what are we going to do about that, Pastor? All right, here we go. Here's your plan for the week. Are you ready? you have kids, grandkids, you're going to see some people this week that don't know Jesus. What's the plan? You pray. Pray, 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 pray. That's the plan? That's a good plan. Because Jesus is on the throne. And when you pray, you know, all of heaven. Because who's going to rejoice if they come to Jesus? It's Jesus is going to rejoice and all of heaven's going to rejoice. So let's pray that Jesus would just crack the door. And the greatest joy you can receive is not anything under the tree. The greatest joy is knowing that your kids are walking in the faith. That's my prayer. That's my prayer for Christmas. That's my prayer for me. That's my prayer for you. Listen, Jesus brings joy. When we discover him, not only do you rejoice, they rejoice. All of heaven rejoices. There is power. There is joy in the power of Jesus There is joy that triumphs poverty, that triumphs any circumstance, that triumphs death. It's a new way of thinking, a new way of living. There is joy when we see others serving Jesus. There is joy. There is joy. No wonder the angels could sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. There is joy. 